Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Natty Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's Natty Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Lon. What's up, Nadia? Welcome to the epicenter of temporary insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I might say some unkind words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Miss Debbie. I really do. But um, shall we get into them first, or do we want to talk about some of the scenes that we watch before the tell-all because we can definitely start there. Yeah, well, let's get into before the tell-all. Yeah. So can we all collectively agree that we witness Chris being physically abusive to her wife because that was That's captured. assault, man. That is assault, right? I mean, you push yeah. someone and it was on camera <laughs> on the video. Right. Apparently, she even messaged somebody who asked her about it. Did you see that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Lon, go ahead and elaborate on that. Right. So um, somebody shared some private messages that they were exchanging with Chris because they had heard rumors that she was abusive. And Chris defended herself and said, I would never, I've never laid a hand on her. And I was actually in an abusive family. So I know what that's like. And I would never do that. And, and then you see the footage actually where she did. She really did shove her wife, Jamie, violently too at it. Like she really just came at her full force and pushed her out of the van. Yeah. And uh, so I know I retweet someone's gif or meme about her pushing Jamie. And I think that's maybe where I saw it. I don't know. Yeah. Or and possibly. I said, is this like a withdrawal behavior withdrawal not that, behavior yeah. yeah not that i'm downplaying the abusive part because obviously that's inexcusable but i wonder too if it's exacerbated by the fact that she didn't get her hit that day <laughs> i know it's so bad to like speculate this but i also realized that the internet is speculating that when she said she was helping her son like people were making fun of the fact that oh maybe her son tried to get drugs for her and got caught <laughs> Yeah, the speculation too is she's saying it was her son, but she was actually maybe in rehab herself or something right. like that in a program, yeah. right? Because her son actually worked in the rehab. Oh, I didn't know Someone that. Someone actually found her son on Instagram and found out that he works at a rehab. So I wonder mm. if it was her checking in to the rehab or maybe her son did try to get drugs for her and got caught. I don't know. But man, Chris be shady. She is yeah. full of it. Like even during the tell-all when she said like, oh, I was violently ill. I was puking at the airport. Bruh, that's withdrawal. Oh, that's <laughs> that's plastic withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. I don't have to be a drug addict, but I know for a fact that, yeah, that's symptoms. 
of someone going through a withdrawal is that, yeah, they get shaky, <laughs> you know, they vomit. They're irritable. Yeah. Here's the thing, y'all. Jamie wasn't even asking about the rent money or anything like that. Like that was totally Chris deflecting, mm. right? Jamie was just kind of saying, well, you know, I'm just a little upset about the whole birthday thing. And then Chris turns it around into, well, what about the apartment? I told you my limit. And, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Like, you're not sticking to the script here. Yeah. And usually when, you know, people deflect, it's because they're trying to avoid like talking yeah. about something else. So she was definitely changing the subject and deflecting. Absolutely. And I was like, there's no way this is about $150 over, you know, your budgeted rent or whatever. This, yeah. <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? You know, yeah. and then then we see her flip out and push her. So it's it's just so bad. <laughs> I take offense when, I guess, her or is it her mom called her. I guess it, it's probably her mom that says like, oh, you're now her sugar mama. How is a sugar mama harping on $150 more on rent? I don't understand that. Yeah. You know? And during the tell-all, she tried to fit in there. I think they were talking about, I guess, you know, how their generosity or something i think maybe she was talking about debbie or yeah. somebody they're talking about somebody else it in was the relationship. Debbie. and yeah, then and chris chimes in and right she's like yeah you know he gives so much and we're so generous and stuff yeah, i'm like have a big heart. yeah because you have a big heart and she tried to put it in there that she's again like sending money and stuff i'm like dude don't try to make this about you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, once again it was her idea for jamie to quit her job because mm -hmm. apparently Chris said, oh, yeah, I got this. I got us. And right. then suddenly she has to like rush back to the U.S. And when Jamie's like, hey, where's your end of the bargain? She's like, oh, how dare you ask me to support you, my wife? <laughs> like, right. where's the love? Where's the logic in that? And again, I'm not trying to say that $150 is charm change, but... It's like you would do it for your wife, right? For your partner. Like, why are you harping on that? Again, I think you're spot on. I think she's deflecting. She's not trying mm -hmm. to talk about her actual problems, which is, I think, her addiction or her dependency on painkillers or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't even supposed to be a financial issue, right? If she had mm -hmm. stuck with the plan of selling the house and focusing on building a business, over there, but there's just so many things that are just suspicious from the beginning of the season. Like there's always something wrong, right? Always something yeah. for her to, to go back to the States. So yeah. 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 I want to see what happens on the tell all with their story. Yeah. It sounds like there's some infidelities going around between them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, so before the tell all, we also found out that Rishi and Jen met up well prior to that i guess rishi met up with his friend slash horoscope reader and i don't know about you lon but i caught the part where rishi actually said that he would have made something up if their translator was not there like mm -hmm. this guy was willing to lie <laughs> to right. his parents and i don't know if jen wants to be with that kind of person who would be dishonest and try to like you know, make it about him, right? It's a personal agenda. If you don't want to reveal the truth, and thankfully Jen hired her own translator, 
that's a red flag. Like the fact that you want to hide the truth from your parents and also lie to Jen by mistranslating things. Yeah, that's a red flag. Yeah. It wasn't about his family having a problem with it because ultimately he said he wouldn't stand up for her anyway or that he would choose his family um, yep. over her anyway. Yeah. So regardless, right, of whether they postponed this or the truth came out or whatever, like he should have stood up for her if he really meant what he said. Yeah. And I still stand by the fact that I think deep down he knows the age was an issue, but he just dragged it on. You know, he just string her along. But yeah, how convenient for his horoscope reader friend <laughs> to confirm that their stars don't align and that marriage wasn't in the cards at all. If Rishi really believes that, and I don't know why is it so hard for him to let go, because I know it's the harsh truth, but if you believe in such things, then wouldn't you want to lead with that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I still maintain that he, he wants to have his cake and eat it, but yeah. Also, should we talk about how Jen seems to be like flirting with Julian? <laughs> Don't know if you caught She was that. all over. Yeah, I mean, she's very vocal. I, she was just, she was super excited about him and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, calm down. She was like, man, I love, I love him. You. I yeah, love him. him. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. So extra, dude. Like, she was like, yeah. so, she was this cheerleader from the get go. Like, for sure. I noticed that too. I was like, okay, come on. Yeah. And then later on, we found out that Debbie tried to match make them <laughs> did she yeah she reached out to julian during the break and then she said hey what do you think about jen i must have missed that <laughs> yeah so there might be something there but we'll we'll see we'll see also before the tell all we witnessed uh, gabe's and isabel's wedding which is so cute unfortunately monica didn't make it I don't know, for whatever petty reasons that she has, which is, again, like, I understand why he got upset. And um, yeah, it was just unfortunate. And it's obviously noticeable by Isabel. But yeah, I would say that, you know, I'm glad that they got married, right? Especially since Gabe didn't think that anyone would accept him. And now he's, he's in a marriage and I'm happy for him. Yeah. Isabel's family has been really, Supportive. really great about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the support, people showing up. I'd say for the most part, a lot of people there looked happy to see them getting married. And um, and the wedding looked fun. It looked like a good time. So I think Monica missed out. And I think ultimately she's going to come to regret not showing up and being there for Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. Were you equally disturbed as me when Gabe said he liked Osama? Only for Osama to shit on him during the tell-all. Because uh, <laughs> in the beginning, when, was... when, when they were waiting in, in the room, remember when all of them were gathering, when they first met each other, he said to the group, I liked Osama. And I was like, what the hell do you see in Osama? But yeah, he apparently sided with Osama. And during the tell-all, <laughs> he was trying to give Osama pointers about selling his art only for Osama right. to jab at him. And he said something along the lines of like, it's not that simple. Like not many people understand my art. It's not like selling underwear. And I was yeah. like, bruh. <laughs> You're not an artist. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, so let's, wouldn't let's understand. go ahead and get into the tell-all. Let's just get oh, into man. the tell-all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get to tell we, we still have to talk about Nicole and Mahmoud's talk. Oh, that. Okay, yeah. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about that for a little bit. 
No, because <laughs> I also wonder, did Nicole discover that uh, Mahmoud was emotionally cheating on her? Because she discovered all those texts. It seems suspicious. Yeah. It seems suspicious. I wouldn't say it was emotionally because I don't think he was that involved, but I mm. do think he was out of line. I do think he was maybe trying to get like his flirt on. Yeah. So the story is that he was going to buy some TVs and then he started sliding in some extra, some extra questions like, oh, like how old are you and all this stuff. And, you know, and I liked how Nicole was there sitting back with the face going, what's this about? Right. And then she's like, don't do it again. Because <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she didn't think it was that big of a deal, but she also yeah. wanted to keep him in check. I wouldn't say it was emotionally like cheating, but I do think he crossed the line for her, definitely. And I think yeah. for anybody, you know, that's definitely an eyebrow raise. Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? You don't need to know any of that stuff. Why are you asking these questions? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know if it was necessarily a big deal. I think TLC tried to make it into something big. Yeah. And then it, it just was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So then going back to, well, not going back, but just talking about Nicole and Mahmoud on the tell all. Do you think Gabe crossed the line by asking about Mahmoud's, you know, like how would he raise his kids and all that? Yeah, I think he did. But I also think it's coming from a place of religion overall. And maybe Gabe didn't realize that because, you know, Gabe facing a lot of oppression from just religions in general, not being accepting of LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe he was kind of putting that without knowing it on um, Mahmoud. Not Osama, uh, Mahmoud. Sorry. Um, Mahmoud. Right, right, yeah. right. And I'm glad that Sean Robinson pointed it out because as Gabe was saying it, I was also yelling at my TV like, okay, like, but it's normal for families or for parents to want to raise their children in the religion of their family or in the religion yeah. that they practice. Yeah. And Sean Robinson like really jumped on it and called it out. I'm glad she said it. And she was like, if this was, you know, a Jewish family or a Christian family, would we be having the same discussion right now? Yeah. And I'm glad she said that. And they just moved on from it so quickly. And I've, I've noticed some people in Twitter also saying that like, yeah, they just kind of, you know, glanced over that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah definitely definitely like i was like gabe you know like one it was already crossing the line to be asking how you're going to raise your children like that yeah. i think if his tone was different it, it seemed like it was coming from a place of aggression like yeah. you're oppressing your kids or whatever yeah. but i'm like dude this is completely normal for parents to raise the kids you know in the religion that they practice it just didn't feel like gabe was kind of having an open discourse but more yeah. or less like you're not going to give your kids a choice. You're going to oppress your children. It was coming off like that. And I didn't yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I just want to point out that I am extremely proud of Sean Robinson for going off script and actually pointing out that, hey, yeah, if this was a Jewish couple or a Christian couple, would we be having the same discussion and would we subject them to the same criticism? Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm going to reiterate this anyway, but Gabe, shouldn't be questioning how people want to raise their kids you know period it's like crossing the line there because you're putting someone on the spot and you know raising families parenting itself it's unique to every individual and I get why Gabe came off that way it's probably because he sees that Nicole appears 
oppressed mm. because she comes across as not having her own agency when it comes to how she dresses. But again, like as much as we all disagree with Mahmoud's approach on that, I still think it's between them. And yes, it, it got played out on TV, but I still think that it's between them. And I get it. You want to court the drama, but I think Gabe crossed the line when he calls Mahmoud an idiot. Yeah. There was all kinds of things I disagreed with Gabe on this episode of the tell-all. Yeah. And I know a lot of it was coming from a good place. Like you said, I think he views Nicole as being oppressed. So he's kind of like looking out for her. Like, are you going to allow her to dress how she wants? And I can see where he's like, are you going to let your children like choose, you know, the kind of religion, but to start like insinuating that Mahmoud should not raise his children as Muslims. That's kind of the angle I was getting at. I'm like, dude, you're, you're overstepping here, man. You're yeah. overstepping. Yeah, that was really uncomfortable for me to witness because I get that question a lot nowadays because mm. me being pregnant and I'm in an interreligious marriage and people are just wondering, like, especially people back home, they're like wondering, how are you going to raise your child? And I'm like, it's none of your business, man. Like, <laughs> I would right. like to raise my child as a good human being. <laughs> but let's start there. <laughs> right. But, and it yeah. wouldn't be so bad if it was like, oh, are they going to be raised Muslim? Are they going to be raised Christian? But there's always some kind of like tone that comes with it. Like, oh, if you're going to be raising them like Muslims, bad or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. And it just like always rubs me the wrong way. Like, yeah. that's not right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I also want to point it out that Nicole actually admitted that she didn't do any due diligence on the religion. No. So she, <laughs> like what we've always said before, I think she went into it blindly, especially since Sean Robinson also called out the fact that she converted like what, one week after getting to know, oh, they got married. Oh, is it? They got, yeah, they got married a week after getting to know each other and she converted. And Mahmoud even said like, look, I didn't force her. Like, that's mm -hmm. not what Islam is about. Like, I didn't force her. She wanted to do it. And then I think she kind of like wanted to cushion that by saying like, yeah, when I look back at that time, I can't explain like why I did it. I can sense that there's a bit of regret because it comes with that expectation of you acting like one and, you know, dressing like one. And I think she wasn't ready for that. And then I wish she had done a little bit more research. I still like Nicole. I just, yeah. this was just not a good decision on her part. To, yeah. to jump in. I think that's what she said. She jumped in head first or something. Totally. She something said that. that meant that, yeah, she just hadn't done her due diligence. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, can we skip over to Johan and Danielle? What do you think of what Johan said about... About Danielle or about no, Osama? About Osama. Because I don't think he said anything about Danielle yet. Uh, this right, is probably right. not the tell-all where he, I think, talks about right. the relationship. But what do you think of him chiming in on the whole Osama wanting a green card? So here's the thing. I think a lot of people are misunderstanding Johan and Osama. Let me preface this by saying I still think there's a good chance there was a miscommunication between Debbie and Osama and that Osama 
did believe that yes, Debbie's coming over, but it's a temporary thing and that eventually we're coming to America. Mm. And with that being said, I think Johan, when he said, I'm in the same predicament, he's mm. not saying, yeah, I'm only with Danielle because I want a green card. He's saying, I know what it's like for somebody to come over, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then to say, no, I'm staying here. Because that's exactly what happened to him. That's exactly what Danielle did to him. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think Johan is saying, I'm in the same place. I'm in the same circumstance. I know what Osama's going through. She came and the plan was to go, but instead she's coming over here and saying, nope, we're staying I'm here. Staying. Because okay. that's what Danielle did to him. Yeah, so Johan relates to that. Yeah, so right, Johan right. relates to that. Right. And he's like, I'm in the same circumstances as Osama is. Not that, yeah, I'm just like Osama and I want to marry Danielle for the green card. I don't yeah. think that's what he meant by that. He meant, no, like, I know what it feels like to think you're going to America and then to have your partner come over and then say, no, we're staying here. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? That wasn't the plan at all. And I do agree to a point where it can be mutually beneficial. Like, if you want to marry this guy, then marry him. And at the same time, you can help him out. It's not coming off right, obviously. Everyone's very defensive, especially, you know, Americans and getting swindled, duped, you know, fooled or whatever into when love comes into play. So I get that too. I get how bad that looks when someone is saying, oh, just marry him for the green card and help him out. You know, I understand the women's point of view where they're, what did they say? We're not charity cases or something. I forget exactly how Danielle had Yeah, it, Danielle but... said like, oh, we're not nonprofit. We're not a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. Like I understand that too. Mm -hmm. But if you really love the person and the person loves you, then what's the big deal with helping somebody out? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Y'all are probably going to DM us or some shit like that. Like I'd like to hear it. You know what I mean? Let's have an open discourse about it. <laughs> I'm glad you provided that perspective because I never thought of it that way. Because, yeah, if you didn't provide that context, I'll be like, yeah, Johan sounds like he's saying he wants a green card. Why, what's the big deal? Just give it to him because that's how it came out. But if he had prefaced it by saying, look, I'm in the same position where I thought my partner was going to bring me to the U.S., but she changed her mind, just like what Osama thinks or what he interpreted Debbie's reasons, right, for being with him mm -hmm. or her reasons for going to Morocco. The reason why I didn't think of that, you know, prior to what you said was because it's the way he said it too. It's like, why don't you just help him? Why don't you just help right. him? <laughs> he did. <laughs> the problem is, Johan probably loves Danielle genuinely, whereas between Osama and Debbie, Osama seems like he has a switch that's like, okay. If you don't take me to US, we're not in a relationship anymore. So his love is conditional. And I think that's where it rubs people the wrong way. And even though he's honest about it in his own ways too, right? Because I did mention in our last recording that I would have respected him more had he been so upfront about like, hey, I want a visa, just bring me over. But then he decides to like, take her for a ride in terms of like, oh yeah, you know, like we're two souls being in love, blah, blah, blah. And then the moment she said, nope, there's no green card. And he's like, oh, well, I, I don't love you. You know what I mean? Like it comes across as being taken advantage. 
So right. as much as yeah, their situation like Johan and Osama's situation are somewhat similar, I think where the rubber hits the road is the part where Osama seems like <laughs> Rishi calls him a robot, right? Because it's like a switch that he turned off and like, oh, he no longer loves Debbie. Right. The love is very different. The quality of the relationship is yeah. very, very, very different. But also then it makes me question though, he sent her like a shit ton of text messages saying, I love you and stuff like that. Is he just continuing to fight for this green card? You it know, or like does it. he really like love her, right? <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it because, I mean, he fucked up so badly that according to Debbie, the only way he can reverse her decision is to provide a plane ticket back to Morocco. Because as far as she's concerned, she has wasted all this money uprooting for him only to go back because suddenly he doesn't want to be with her because there's no green card in the mix. So yeah. I think that's fair. Maybe our listeners think otherwise, but let's deep dive on their part of the tell-all. <laughs> there are so many like one-liners I love. You know, for example, you know, when Osama said, the souls have no age. Right, because I think yeah. uh, wasn't Mahmoud the one asking, like, oh, the age difference and everything. Right. Yeah, and uh, I would say my biggest takeaway from their tell all is the fact that Debbie has been supporting him and his family. Mm. So what that daily tells expenses me... or weekly expenses or something, groceries yeah, and groceries stuff. and stuff. So essentials basically, and I get it. Life elsewhere, it's tough for some people for sure. But what rubs me the wrong way is when Osama is so insistent on the whole, like, I only want to sell my art to people who understands my art, and yet also depending on Debbie. Yeah. And yeah. he lost me there because he said something like, well, my art isn't for people who want to buy it and, and put it up in their living room. I'm like... Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do with it? Buy it and stick it in a closet? What are you expecting? Sell it? You want the people who want to display, in, uh, at least in America, that's how yeah. we view art when we like it. Yeah. Because we buy it and we display it. I guess. So he... who are you selling this to then? Like, I don't understand. He yeah. said, I want to sell it to someone who understands my art. Well, the people who understand it were, are going to want to display it, I would think. So he kind of lost me there too. Like, who are you selling this to then, Osama? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I think too, maybe he wants to sell his art to museums. Um, mm. But again, it's maybe it fetches a higher price. I, I don't know. But he must really think highly of his art because... To get to that level, especially in the U.S., it's like, you got to be a special kind of talent. And what and, did he say about not sacrificing his dream when they told him to get a job or something? Yeah. And he said, I don't want to work. I want to I'm sell a poet or something. Yeah. I'm a poet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't give up my dream or something. And I was like, dude, but you got to make some money, dude. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I agreed with Julian on that part. Like, it takes blood, sweat, and tears to make it in America here. Like, you don't just not work. You just don't say, oh, I'm just not going to work. Yeah. Like, that's not, yeah. <laughs> and I think, again, that's where Osama rubs me the wrong way because it appears that he expects the green card, but he doesn't want to put in the effort to make money. So mm -hmm. what that tells me, he's planning to live off Debbie and her retirement money. 
Yeah. And I was it Gabe that made the point. So I don't know what all complications Debbie would have experienced living in Morocco, but Gabe made that, that point where he fumbled the bag because yeah. he could have had that. Yes. He could have had that have had if he that. didn't insist on coming to America. Because yep. Debbie would have stayed and pretty much, you know, you know, helped with the finances and stuff. So he fumbled the bag. And I think Gabe was kind of insinuating that, like, dude, you fumbled the bag. You could have had that. The only difference was you would have been in Morocco having it instead of the United States having it. I would even go one further. There are people on the forums that said, yes, he fumbled the bag for him and his sister because mm. people have theories that the sister had that conversation with him and even she was concerned that Debbie's no longer interested to bring him over because I think she wanted to go over as well. And I mm. think the only reason why the family accepts Debbie is because, again, maybe Debbie was meant to be a sponsor, a visa sponsor, mm. as opposed to a proper wife. And I think they wanted that for their son and maybe even their daughter. But yeah, you're right. In terms of like fumbling the bag, had he played the long game, <laughs> had he stuck with her and be more patient, Debbie would have caved in and be like, okay, maybe Morocco. So? Yeah, because, well, I did mention this in our previous recording that someone like Debbie, who's so comfortable with her creature comforts at that age, she would have caved in. She would have been like, yeah, Morocco is probably not for me. And she would have made the choice eventually to move back to the if US. If you could have just continued to play along. Correct. And and and, and went with the motions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think eventually, and this is from the forums too, like uh, people like have, have speculated that had Debbie st actually stayed in Morocco and maybe, yeah, Osama goes along with it she would have eventually caved in and be like, you know what, maybe it's not the place for me because I can't get all these amenities. People are different. Cultures are different. It doesn't fit with my personality or whatever. While a lot of us speculate that Osama could have gotten his green card had he played the long game, but no. So, right. yeah. And to your point too, Lon, is that I think him love bombing her with all these messages I think it's his way of saying like, oops, I regret that we ended this. Like, can we start again and <laughs> hope that you bring me Yeah, up? but according to him, he said, it's to let her know. It's to, it's to clarify that we are through. We're over. And <laughs> You're Jen, over. <laughs> yeah, Jen made a good point. It's like, why do you have to call someone to say that you break up when they're already ignoring you? If it's already done, yeah, I yeah. Mean, they're ignoring you. Why yeah. do you need to confirm it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Julian had a lot of low blows for him and I that was really funny. Apparently, um, when he called Julian a dog, that's actually very insulting in Arabic. So mm. I'm not surprised Julian came back with like, okay, go fix your teeth first. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah. That was... he came in hot. And then, you know, at, at first I kind of didn't like it. I was like, dude, you know, calm down or whatever. But then I thought about it and I was like, okay, Look, if somebody did my mom dirty, I'd probably be fucking pissed off too. Yeah. So I let him have his moment. I was like, all right. At first, I was like, dude, he's coming way too abrasive. He's over here doing the tough guy thing. I'm a cop. I can smell bullshit. I'm like, 
calm down. But then at the same time, I had to remind myself, hey, if somebody hurt your mom, if somebody like used your mom or embarrassed your mom on TV, whatever, you would be oh, fucking rip shit pissed. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I had to step back and say, nope, go ahead, Julian. <laughs> do you rip him a new one? Do what you got to do. You know, I, I respect that. I just I came to respect it let him have his time. And then when they weren't rolling, rolling, but they were showing the BTS behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And he went to comfort his mom. I really liked that part too. Cause he was like, stop talking about this guy. Cause she was, she kept talking about Osama. Oh, you know, he did this and, and I can't believe. And he's just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Why are you still talking about this guy? You need to move on. Yeah. So he won points uh, in my book. Mm. We talked about this topic before of like how maybe Miss Debbie was the predator. Mm. And I think Gabe made a great point when he said it's easy for her to get a visa in Morocco, but it's harder for him to come here to the U.S. for a green card. And there's some sort of imbalance. And when I scroll through the internet, a lot of people are also mentioning that <laughs> what if Miss Debbie was using Osama to get a visa? Into... You know, like, yeah, and then so back at you, <laughs> like Osama is using her to get, you know, the US visa. So is that fair or is that not fair? I don't know. Yeah, Gabe kind of turned the table around there when he, yeah. when he did that. Yeah, he's like, okay, so it was almost as if he's saying, so it's not okay if he does that, but that's exactly what you did. yeah yeah so i don't know if what miss debbie did is predatory but she certainly act like she had her heart broken because i guess she was hoping that she could marry him but at the same time too like i can understand why you know going back to your point line about the miscommunication and misinterpretation she did admit that at one point she said oh wouldn't it be funny if i apply for a green card for you but when the immigration officers look through the application they would trash it because of the age gap you know and, and i think mm-hmm. she has a point there because it is highly suspicious when what was it a 70 60 year old woman want to bring a 20 something year old man over like that interview is going to be hard on him yeah i didn't do the math but like somebody said it out loud on the thing is it like it's a 40 year or something like 40 50 year age difference or something like that i didn't do the math but i was surprised to hear somebody say it and i was like what the heck i'm 43 right now it's like if somebody was born (laughs) like this year yeah oh my god yeah and and you you'll be bringing that (laughs) that once upon a time baby over (laughs) oh my gosh like that really put it into Into perspective perspective. like hearing it out loud yeah like wow yeah Yeah. so i guess she has a point that i'm not saying it won't go through but it's just highly suspicious and maybe that's why she decides to move over there you know as opposed to bringing him over here but again i think man uh, going back to johan (laughs) it just sounds like he likes the handouts man there was another comment that he made that was like (laughs) well why don't you just help him 
Like if just you help can, him. Just help he, him. He needs help. Yeah, you can he, help him. Yeah, he's willing to <laughs> yeah. thrive. He's willing to work hard. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did say that. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, Osama's like, I only want to sell my painting to people who understands my art. How fucking snobbish is that? How are you yeah. expecting to like support yourself <laughs> by being that selective? <laughs> yeah, he has a very skewed version of what the U.S. is about, like. Someone actually said on the forums, like, it's just as third world here for some of us, yeah. you know, like, it depends on where you land. Like, yeah, you're going to be with Miss Debbie and she'll be supporting you. But yeah, man, I don't know why this screams Pedro to me, you know, like how Pedro yeah. was probably using Chantel to come over to the US only for them to divorce each other <laughs> like a few years down the road. We talked about this, I think, too, earlier. He can sell his paintings online. Etsy. Yeah, to Americans. Like, he doesn't have to come to America to sell his artwork. Yeah. And and he has a bigger audience for it, too, online. Like, anybody, Global. not just Americans, right, yeah. will, can find his art and buy it, right? So, again, <laughs> what is the actual reason that tells me that he just wants to come to the U.S., I don't know what he plans to do, but I guess he's planning to bring over his family. And again, nothing wrong when you're doing it legally, but I think we go back to the same point of like, if you're doing it at someone's expense, mm -hmm. you know, unless, you know, it's a mutual agreement between two people. Like I've read cases of people who has worked in the US for a long period of time, only to not be able to renew their work visa. And so they have to find someone they have to marry in order to stay put. And I can see how like people have paid to get married to mm -hmm. maybe a divorcee or to a widow. And, and yeah, it's two adults being transactional and consenting. That's, I think we can question that. That's between two adults, right? But then when you kind of deceive someone, that's where right. it rubs me the wrong way, I think. so. Yeah. And Debbie just seems way too, what's the word, like aloof to like, have these ulterior motives mm. these scamming motives right mm -hmm, then <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and do you realize how uh danielle was pretty uh she i mean held herself in like or restrained herself like she doesn't interact much mm -mm. unlike jen and uh nicole is that nicole and Mohammed? yeah jen and nicole were very vocal and of course gabe as right. well and i think gabe is getting a lot of flack on reddit for chiming in on all the topics that I guess he kind of like over inserted himself mm -hmm. yeah is there any other highlights from the tell all that you want to bring up Lon I'm really just waiting for the other couples to get their time obviously I think um Debbie's outfit was definitely something uh, worth commenting about oh yeah those uh, green boots <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought that was really um really cool but it was an awkward episode because they started the ending portion of the previous episode and then yep. got into the tell-all. Yep. And for me, it just didn't feel like a very cohesive episode. Right. And then um, the couples that I think I really wanted to hear about, they didn't really get much time. And I think that this is going to be a three-part um, yeah. tell-all. Tell-all, yep. yep. Yeah, because I really want to see more of Nicole and Mahmoud. I'm looking forward to that. 
I want to see what's going on with Johan and Danielle. Mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, okay, what's Jen and Rishi up to now? Because I think, well, Jen actually said it, that they still talk. Yes. So there's a lot of like interesting things that haven't transpired yet. And I'm kind of waiting for that. I yeah. think this episode was kind of like a taste or a teaser. To me, there weren't, for me at least, a lot of like really standout moments. I think for me, the biggest the biggest standout moment, which I applaud, was, you know, Sean Robinson kind of calling out the standard with uh, raising children. And would, would we be having this discussion, you know, if it was Jewish or, or Christian? Right. I thought that was a good call out. But really, uh, this didn't have a lot of, uh, of standout moments for me. Mm. And so... What would your WTF moment be, Long? <laughs> I guess uh, it was Mahmoud kind of getting pissed off. I think he's beefing with Gabe, was it, right? Was it Gabe yeah. that, that yeah. finally set him off? Yeah. And then he wanted Gabe to fight him. him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then he wanted to that. fight him or something. And he threw his stuff down. And I'm Nicole done. was like, <laughs> calm down. I'm sorry, guys. She's all honey, freaking out and stuff. Oh, honey buns. <laughs> honey buns. Yeah. If we could have seen some more of that, I mean, I'm here for the drama. You know, I think yeah. we all are. We want to see the drama. And absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I think it sucks that he got pissed off and I don't ever want to see people mad, but it makes for entertaining TV. And um, I've never seen him like that. Right. Like he's always been calm. Even when he fights with Nicole, he's somewhat calm. I think there's times he's raised his voice, but for him to be like, four-letter words, cursing in English oh, and wanting yeah. to fight somebody. Yeah. I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah. I guess he crossed that threshold to where he switches to, you know, English cussing words. That's when you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, that was the WTF when he's like on the phone and he's walking and he's like, you made me look bad. You made my country look bad. You made my, my religion look bad. What the fuck? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I was like, finally, dude, I like, I was about to go to sleep. <laughs> woke up for that part. <laughs> yeah, my WTF moment is uh, <laughs> actually it's a lot to do with Miss Debbie and Julian. You know, mm. Julian <laughs> saying something like, "Go to the dentist, fix your teeth." That was yeah. The... Go fix your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also I think when Sean Robinson asked if it was a physical love too, right? And then Miss Debbie said, yeah, he tried to get amorous. <laughs> and Sean yeah. was lost. Like, that was like old English or something. Like, amorous? Well, what does that mean? And then Julian had to clarify and say, you know, he tried to get some very white time. <laughs> some very white time. <laughs> I like how mysterious Osama was about it, though. How do you he, say? He said... Debbie, why don't you tell them about those nights in Casablanca? And then Sean Robinson, like, what nights in Casablanca? What nights? Tell them about the nights. You know. (laughs) It's like, you know, Debbie. You know. (laughs) Why don't you tell them, Debbie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't want to imagine it because I'm like, oh. No. But she said he tried. Here's the thing. He tried. He tried. He tried to get amorous. Here's the thing, too, that kind of disturbs me a little bit. Someone pointed out that when Miss Debbie met Osama three years ago, he was a 21-year-old. 
And it just seems, and this is still very conjecture and speculative, seems like she tried to groom him. <laughs> but I guess you can also say 21-year-olds are adults. You know, like, is he groomable? Maybe. But I want to believe that her true intentions is to really get a life partner. And maybe for some people, they think that he's being groomed because she's like, well, I do need a caretaker now that I'm reaching that part of my life, you know, where I'm retired, mm. I'm alone, I need someone to be with me, I need someone to take care of me when I'm like not able to take care of myself. So I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I think to some people, it just feels very targeted that she knew that he's only a 21-year-old when they first met and yet mm. she pursued it. So I think that's why some people have called out Debbie for being sort of predatory. And even Debbie mm. herself, in a way, admitted that it is a very strange relationship age-wise. Because like she said herself, if she were to submit a green card application, immigration office is going to look at the age difference and throw away the application form. So she kind of know what she's doing, but I don't know if her intentions will appear, you know? Mm, right. So just want to put that out there. All right, Lon, we've come to the end of our coverage of 90 Day Fiancé, The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 15, and the first part of the tell-all. Anything that you'd like to plug before we close out? Nothing to plug, but I'm still watching... Um... Indian matchmaking. I'm on the final oh. season now, and I'm I'm thinking of hopping over to Jewish matchmaking. I, I know, dude. I find myself like really liking it and even laughing at the misfortune of others, you know? Like, it's fucked up to say, y'all. But <laughs> look, I can talk about this because I think short Asian males, you know, and, and I say this, no, not offending short kings out there. I'm a sh I consider myself a short king. I'm speaking for all of us. <laughs> I get that like short Asian males are probably not at the top of the dating pool. So when I watch things like Indian matchmaking, I kind of tend to laugh when I see like people who overshoot or who over expect they don't understand their lane. And they're just like, no, she has to be a model and she has to be X, Y, Z. And they have these very rigid requirements and I'm like, dog, you're a strong six at best. <laughs> Come on. Like oh, you're on. rejecting <laughs> you're Lon, rejecting somebody. <laughs> like are you talking about our neighbor who lives in Davis who like wanted someone who's like six foot tall woman that speaks Hindi, but he himself can speak Hindi. And then when he meets someone who actually speaks Hindi, he said, Oh, she has a very strong accent. Yeah. Is that the guy? Because that guy goes there's to the a, same place that I go to. There's a couple, and I think he is one, but there was another guy too who mm, yeah, yeah. he said he was athletic, and I'm like, you're not athletic, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and he went on a date with someone who was a great person. She was fun. She was at the bar with his friends, cracking mm -hmm. jokes. The friends loved her, and he said, I just gave her my number out of courtesy, and I asked for her number out of a courtesy, but I'm not going to call her back. Yeah. And then, like, soon enough, he meets somebody who is from SoCal. I think she is from L.A., dressed to the nines. She came to this date, and he was all like, yeah, this is the one. And sure enough, she wasn't looking for him. Yeah. And I'm like, I keep talking to my TV, like, 
all y'all that are over here thinking y'all are like trying to hook up with like strong nine, strong tens, the women you're looking for are not looking for you. So like, yes. I'm not trying to say settle, but I'm trying to say when something is good, this is a good thing. And, yes. you know, see my auntie is like, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good match. <laughs> and they're like, ah, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, because you think you deserve to be with like a supermodel. Dude, know your lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I don't know if you got there already, but what about that chick that's hella beautiful? She's a model herself and she's totally dependent on her parents. Like if you want to date her, yeah. you would have to like live with her parents. And I think, you know, as someone, I mean, for you, especially Lon as an American, I think that's a very, uh, would you say that's a deal breaker? Is a turnoff? Because I think for a lot of Westerners who live by themselves, especially in the US, that's like a, it's almost like Rishi, right? Like, what? You want me to live with your parents? Right. And we are grown as adults living with your parents? Former Miss New Delhi or something yeah, like that? Yeah, she's right? gorgeous. She's hella she gorgeous. Yeah. And, and, and then as that's soon the only as... showstopper for her is that you got to respect my parents. Of course, you have to respect her parents, but not only that, you have to live with them. And I'm like... Ooh, that codependency yeah. is real, huh? That <laughs> date she went on. See, we're spoiling it for y'all that haven't seen it. But she went on a date. Everything was going fine. But then the guy was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm cool with my family and stuff. But I'm living with them. Yeah, I don't really know. And then yeah. that was the deal breaker. And she's like. Totally. And the and conversation then the date went, went dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, mm -mm, not for me. This guy doesn't want to live with my parents. Nope, not for me. Yeah. And is that a codependency, dependency thing? What is that? Um, some kind of attachment parenting right there. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just say it's not hard for her to find a partner. Like any man would fall on their knees for her. But that requirement is just, yeah. you know. I don't know if it's the end of her story because I haven't finished the season. But I like how it turned it into a conversation about her looking into herself. Maybe there's something she needs work doing. And I guess yeah. she was talking to somebody. I don't know if it was a, a, therapist, a therapist or a psych yeah. or something. Yeah. And the yeah. person was like, well, maybe do you feel this way because you have these fantasies and the reality isn't matching up with your fantasy and it's a childhood trauma parents. <laughs> yeah. And she was getting into it with her. And I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess she realized some things about herself, maybe. Yeah. Have you got but to it's, the... But it's a great show. It is. It totally is. Okay, I'll stop right there. I, I won't spoil it. But you guys got to watch Indian Matchmaking, which after that, maybe watch Jewish Matchmaking because that Jewish would be method, my next, yeah. yeah, my next uh binge. But I recently finished binging Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Man, Shonda Rhimes, kudos to you, man. Great, great <laughs> storytelling. And I get that it is very conflicting to watch the show because this is the same King George III that started the whole, maybe part of the reason why there's the American Revolutionary War. Again, I didn't grow up here, so I didn't study U.S. history in that sense, but I did some research and yeah, he's the Mad King. He was part of the reason, like I said, behind the, the American uh, Revolutionary War. Hmm. He lost the colonies, I guess. <laughs> you know, spoiler, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why the U.S. is the U.S. Uh, and it's no longer under the U.K. you know royal rule or whatever. But anyway, it's about the love story between him and his wife, Queen Charlotte. And 
obviously it's fictional, but part of it is actually true. And this is the interesting part that I learned is that Queen Charlotte is possibly dark skin or darker skin mm. because she came from uh, the Portuguese lineage where, you know, one of their kings, I believe it's King Alfonso or something, had a mistress who's of um, Moorish descent and, you know, Moorish, ah. meaning like, you know, North African, so slightly darker skin. And I think uh, historians speculated that the reason why we all think that she's white is because at that time, there's a bias. When you paint someone, you tend to paint portrait based on the beauty standards. So she may be slightly darker skin, but her as a, yeah, they choose to portray her as a fair skin because of the standards of beauty and because of obviously expectations of society at that time. So when they cast for this role, you know, as Queen Charlotte, I mean, I think it is pretty accurate because that could have been her. She could have had right. the North African or African uh, features because she was sort of like mixed heritage in that sense. So Right, right. Um, but yeah, it also dived into the whole reason why the Mad King is called the Mad King. And it's unfortunately, no one could understand his mental illness at that time. And it's, it's only recently that they uh, kind of speculated or they derived the reason why he's mad, it's because he's probably suffering from bipolar. Mm. And, um, there was also a blood disease that he was um, suffering from uh, because his psychiatrist at that time or his doctor's physicians at that time was giving him arsenic <laughs> for medication. Oh my gosh. So he <laughs> got really fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm not excusing what he did because obviously when you know you guys study um, you know American history you obviously have a certain viewpoint of the UK royal family at that time but this Netflix show tried to explain what could have been the reason mm. but again let's take it with a grain of salt if you just suspend your disbelief which I think a lot of people who watch the show had to suspend their disbelief right because this is, after all, King George the Third. The love story is just amazing. Like the writing was great. It's Shonda Rhimes has Shonda Rhimes written all over it. So if you're a fan of Bridgerton, you will love um, Queen Charlotte. Uh, the net. Can I go into it? I've seen Bridgerton, but I don't think I finished the entire series. Can I walk into? Queen Charlotte yeah. without having all the context? Yeah, because this one really zooms into that Queen Charlotte as a character and just explore her backstory. And I think even mm. if you don't watch season one of Bridgerton, you would kind of get really engrossed and enthralled by the storytelling of this particular series. And in a way, I'm glad that they make it short too. So it's only six episodes and it's a quick binge. And mm. it's a focus on the love story. I think there is a part where well, this is the origin story, but they did explore why Queen Charlotte's always alone in Bridgerton without her husband, King George. And then mm -hmm. it was because I think we all thought that he had Alzheimer's, but really I think it was more than that. It was bipolar apparently or something like that. So I would say just give it a shot and yeah, maybe you might like it, maybe you may not, but it is a really good storytelling. I have been watching a show on HBO that's based on a true story uh, called Love and Death. Have you heard of that one? 
No, what is it about? Is it ghost? Uh, I think her name is Elizabeth Olsen. She's the sister of the Olsen twins. Oh yeah, she's in it. There's a bunch of other people in it too, but it's yeah. um, it takes place. I want to say in the late seventies, maybe early eighties, about these small town in Texas church-going folk and uh, these two neighbors. Or they're not neighbors, but they know each other from church. And there's an affair that happens, and then you know four episodes in somebody's dead and I don't want to give away too much, but it's actually been a really good watch. I think if anyone's interested in like true crime or anything like that, it's not a documentary. It's a re-dramatization or whatever of, of the events, but it's good. It's very well acted. And uh, that's one of the things that I've been watching. Ooh, I would definitely check that out. All right, Lon, we've come to the end. Final words, anything you want to say? No, <laughs> I don't have <laughs> anything else to say. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening. And thank you for engaging with us on our socials. And um, continue to do that via socials, email. But yeah, thank you for listening to us. And uh, be nice to one another. Stop the gun violence. Please. Stop the gun violence. <laughs> and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.